For four episodes, we've been wondering about Matt's side of the story. Well, in today's beautifully written and directed episode, 17 Unheard Messages, we finally get a view into Matt's life. And I gotta say, for as many questions as we had answered, we have so many more questions. We'll talk all about that here on the Sorry for Your Loss After Show. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Ah. <laughs> so appropriate. So appropriate. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sorry for Your Lost After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. If you, I'm sure you're aware, but if you're not, this is an after show for Facebook's amazing, very beautifully written comedy drama, Sorry for Your Lost, starring Elizabeth Olsen and many more talented people. We've covered four episodes already, so if you haven't seen those after shows, go back and check those out. But today we're covering episode five, 17 Unheard Messages. Just so you guys know, this is a spoiler-filled reaction, review, and recap of the episode that we saw with some brilliant co-panelists that I'm surrounded by. But if you haven't seen the episode yet, go back and watch that. You're already on Facebook. It's right there. It's free. (laughs) Just go watch it. It's so good. And then come back and tune in for our thoughts. My name is Jeff Graham, guys, but as I mentioned, I'm not alone. Hey, guys. Because Taylor Gates is here. I sure am. I'm so excited to talk about two episodes because they're releasing two a week. Two a week. And D'Angelo Friday is here as well. What's up, guys? Nothing much, man. How was everyone's <laughs> three days since we last saw you? I, I mean, I was just waiting to watch. I watched it right before just because I like to have it sort of fresh in my Me mind. Too. But it was difficult to wait because I, like, I feel like episode four was like sort of a cliffhanger. She yeah. finally got the passcode and we finally got to see all all of what we were waiting to see. Yeah. What was everyone's overall thoughts to episode five? D'Angelo, let's start with you. Um, I was good. I mean, this shows. it's just so good. Um, I couldn't wait. I didn't wait. I watched it on Tuesday, um, and it's just it's paced so well. But it was a nice twist to finally get like Matt's perspective on stuff. Yeah, I think they did such a great job of like stringing the voicemails throughout the whole episode too. Mm. I really like that it wasn't just like all up front, or it wasn't just Lee listening to them in her bedroom. Like they really interspersed them, yeah. and the fact that we finally kind of understood who like the unknown callers was too, and it wasn't like he was cheating or like right. he was doing something like, like I really like that because mm. I feel like that would have been a really easy choice yep. and I was like really pleasantly surprised of where they took it. Yeah, I mean this show it's funny, it's obviously been very moving and um a pretty astounding show just by the way it's portrayed the depth of the human experience. But I also want to credit this show just from like a narrative perspective. Like it's a solid and like narratively well-structured show Mm -hmm. and I think we did have a lot of like moments in this episode that called back to earlier Mm -hmm. episodes or incorporated narrative components that we've already seen building so it's like you can credit this show on an emotional level but also just on like a TV writing level like this team knows what they're doing so well I loved this episode I thought it was so um, beautifully painful and just so honest. I couldn't help but get 13 Reasons Why vibes a little mm-hmm. bit with this episode, especially because, I mean, thematically, obviously, we're dealing with similar stuff, but the incorporation of the voicemails and the way they contributed to the narrative, I found to be very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. <laughs> you guys couldn't yeah. tell. Um, I think in terms of today's coverage, I want to start by talking about just Matt's perspective, because this is the first time we've really gotten inside of his head. How did you guys feel finally having the chance to really see who Matt is, and really the demons he had been struggling with for the four episodes that we kind of got snippets of. I think it was really refreshing to kind of get sort of his side of it, because we've seen him, I don't know, I know D'Angelo said last week that we get a lot of stuff through Lee's perspective and through Lee's eyes, and to have it sort of be like 
a purely from like this is objectively what happened sort of to Matt and mm-hmm. sort of have his perspective like be in it a little bit more was really nice and I think that they wrote the therapy sessions really really well because yeah, those can be like painful when they're not written well and Mm -hmm. i think that they felt very authentic and very honest and just gave us a lot of insight into sort of where he was definitely yeah i think you know it's it's funny after watching we uh reviewed on the tv pilot review show we we watched mr in between yesterday it's a new fx show a new fx show and a lot of the scenes you're like okay what's the point of this it seems like especially with this Matt um, episode, they maximized so many things. Like, everything happened with the purpose. Like, mm. even in this episode with the sex scene, it was like they, they included that for a reason to yeah. get a certain uh, message across. So it's just um, very intentional, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's such a good word for it. It is, like, such a deliberate show. And um, even the things that... F- Again, it's I was talking about this with Taylor. Like, it's a show that's about so much, but it doesn't really feel like it is capital A about something. Like, I feel like sometimes you're watching shows and you feel like you're being beaten over the head with either the plot or the characters. But this show has a way of feeling so naturalistic while still communicating so much. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to talk about it in the next episode, but there's so many wordless scenes Mm -hmm. that really give us so much as viewers. And a lot of that owes to the acting. Mm -hmm. Um, This actor who's playing Matt, I had a cast list here that I now don't have, but we can have one of you guys look it up. Um, It's doing such a wonderful job. And I was glad that we got to spend some real time with him, not only as a character, but as an actor as well. Have you, how have you guys been enjoying his performance? I think he's wonderful and he's very, he feels very seamless. Like he never feels like he's acting. Like he really feels like he's embodying this character. And yeah. I think that's the sign of a really good actor. It's like when it doesn't feel like it's too much, he just feels very true and like a real person that you would know right uh moma do athy moma do athy yeah okay cool well i'm excited to see him do more all these actors really i mean we have some stars but some on the brink Mm -hmm. actors i think who are really giving us wonderful stuff i want to talk about some of the specific quotes we got from matt um one of the quotes that i thought was such an interesting um summation of depression was when he was talking to his parent his therapist and his therapist said why don't you want to get this thing published and like the therapist pushed matt to really talk through what he wants and then his conclusion was what if it gets published and it doesn't make me feel better i'm afraid to try to be happy Mm -hmm. how did you guys feel about this moment that was one of the lines that i also wrote down and like put a star next to just because i thought it was so good because it's true it's like if you finally you know climb to the top of the mountain and do the achievement do everything you want to do and you're still not happy it's like is anything ever going to make you happy then? And I right. thought that was just so crushing and just summarized, like you said, summarized this disease like so like lyrically and mm. concisely. Definitely. Yeah, I'd say the show overall has just like built a high sense of empathy and understanding for someone, for a lot of people who may not have know what that feels like. Um, but also it, it feels realistic and it feels like, man, I can understand that perspective. Like mm. it, it feels like within reach almost. Um, yeah. Which I like that they did that. It's such a good point, D'Angelo. I mean, like, sometimes you're watching shows with good intentions that are trying to portray tough issues or diseases, but you can just kind of feel the TV screen in between you and the characters, and Mm -hmm. you don't feel like you're able to quite reach inside Mm -hmm. and completely, like, empathetically experience what you're seeing the characters experience. Mm -hmm. But with this show, I feel like I could find the most, like, jaded, cynical person. You know, there are people in this world who still doubt the validity of depression. Mm -hmm. And I would think the way this show is written and portrayed, and even directed, James Ponsel did direct this episode, I feel like this is the kind of like 20 minutes that really could change someone's mind. Yeah. 
Um, I want to just credit Facebook real quick because I was watching this episode and looking along the comments, and of course the comments are like, I've struggled with depression, this is the most beautiful and realistic portrayal of the disease I've ever seen. And for every single comment, Facebook is commenting. Like the Sorry for Your Lost yeah, show it. is. Yeah. And I just, that's, it's such a cool example of what Facebook is doing. And um, even making suggestions about who to reach out to. And again, it's that responsible word we've been using so much. Mm-hmm. So accurate. Um yeah, there's more Matt stuff I want to talk about, but it ties into other stuff. So next, I'm going to talk about Matt and Jules, but before we do that, we've been talking about Facebook's interaction with our fans, mm-hmm. and just like Facebook, AfterBuzz also loves to interact with our fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so um, we have a lot of our shows are actually housed on YouTube, mm-hmm. so if you go to YouTube, there's like a ton of different channels. There's drama, so if you like this show, drama is probably the channel that mm-hmm. you also want to go to, but we also have like comedies and reality and like a bunch of different channels. And it really helps us out when you guys subscribe to that. And it helps you guys out, too, because it's sort of like a Netflix-type thing where it's um, your suggestions get sort of, like, tailored to what you've been watching, and mm-hmm. you can discover a bunch of new shows. So definitely um, check out the AfterBuzz TV YouTube pages. And we are also on iTunes and um, Podcast One and wherever you can find podcasts. So I know Jeff especially really likes to actually, like, listen to his shows more yeah. so than watch them sometimes. So if you have an hour commute, if you look in LA, it's a good chance you have an hour commute. <laughs> so just you can go to iTunes and also download this stuff and listen to us, you know, when you're doing other things too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a nice uh, companion to like laundry. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, you know, we just, we love Facebook and we love what we do here too at AfterBuzz because the truth is if you're watching, you're just like us and you love TV. That's what it comes down to. So check yep. us out. Um, so basically, aside from Matt's solo experience, he has interesting interactions with almost all the series regulars in this mm-hmm. episode. I think I want to start by talking about Matt and Jules, because yeah. I actually love their conversation. It was interesting to see pre-sobriety Jules. Yeah. Um, how did you guys react to Matt and Jules' conversation? Well, we got a little bit of a precursor with that um, when Jules was talking with her mom. I forgot which episode num- number that was, but she told... We got an insight into how Matt kind of talked to her to try mm. to like get her in line, and so we got to see it. And you, it was it was a completely different like feeling that we have when we have seen her so far, which was interesting because you can you saw the frustration in him when talking to her and how she was really uh, defiant. Um, so it was like a nice little like touch and to actually see what Jules was before. Yeah, yeah, and one of my kind of predictions after episode four was just that we were going to have to somehow see Jules like like either like relapsing or like beforehand just so we can as an audience understand more like what the characters in the show feel because we've been talking about how like oh she doesn't feel like a mess like she feels like she's doing her best and everyone's being so hard on her but i think that having seeing her like before she got sober really helps us empathize oh my gosh empathize i guess there we go (laughs) guys i promise you taylor knows how to talk (laughs) empathize with the characters that um like have some distrust towards her still it's a great point yeah i think the show's given us that gift with every other character we've seen lee at her worst we've Mm -hmm. seen matt at her worst we've seen danny at her worst but we haven't really seen jules at her worst Mm -hmm. so yeah that will be kind of a gift to us to not be so mad at Amy when she's, like, so hard on Jules, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I 
I like the way that Matt is sort of the one who's able to like be in tune with her because he has his own demons too. You know, I feel like he does have this probably really deeply felt empathy for her who's struggling with a disease. So I think it's cool. And it's such a redeeming quality of his challenging arc that he is probably the one who pushed Jules into rehab. I also like too how this show kind of didn't shy away from the glamour of being the boozy person, you know? Like, she was proud of her identity as the party girl. Yeah. And I think, like, that's a, that's true with alcoholics, and that's something that can be hard. Like, losing that identity is kind of challenging, too. So, just such a good show. And I think it makes so much sense that Matt would be the person that's able to get through to her, because he's close enough to her that she, like, trusts him and respects him and stuff, but he's also far enough separated. Like, Mm. he's not the mom or the sister. Like, I think it's the perfect sort of position to be in as the brother-in-law. It's a great point. Um, Good stuff. Any other thoughts with Jules before we move on in this episode, I mean? Because I want to talk about Matt and Danny, too. Just picturing her in an inflatable pool toy on a lift, like, really... (laughs) I know, it's like, can we at least get, like, a little bit of the flashback? I don't really glamorize boozy Jules, but... But that's, like... That's a really creative story, and I feel like I that had to have been, like, drawing from real life somehow. Yeah, yeah. But what's so cool, and I'm just going to tease the next episode, so if you haven't seen it, maybe a little tiny spoiler, but I'm guessing most of you have probably seen episode six by now. But either way, this was a cool example of her feeling proud of a story, and we did get a very strong counterexample exactly. yeah. in the next episode that we'll talk about. Um, just another example of how the show is clearly threading something bigger mm. through these episodes, rather than just giving us these beautiful short films. Matt and Danny have a conversation um, about Danny dating and Matt really being the only person who can understand Danny. How did you guys feel about their conversation in the bar? And why do you guys think that conversation was immediately followed by Matt breaking down in his car? Well, I mean, I obviously loved that conversation just because I think that they have such an interesting dynamic and such an interesting relationship. And I really like that we have Matt sort of embracing the fact that he is getting help and he thinks therapy is a really good thing and we sort of have and it it kind of highlights the similarities between Danny and Lee again too whereas he's like not really you know feeling that for himself Mm. and I like the fact that we have his like really happy moment with the comic book like when he gets the phone call and he calls Matt to like give him the good news Mm -hmm. And that's just immediately sort of, like, taken a backseat mm-hmm. to what Dan's going through. And I think that that gives a lot of insight into their relationship, too. Like, Matt's sort of the caretaker. And, like, his successes, like, always come after whatever anyone else is going through. And it's always overshadowed by that. So I think it was really smart to have it, like, be in that order. Like, be mm-hmm. really back-to-back like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... It was just interesting to answer the part about why he may have started crying after. But I, th- I think when he shared about the the psychologist, I think that was such a that was really compelling. Like mm-hmm. he, they had the conversation. I for, I can't um, say specifically or remember specifically what he shared with his brother, but I remember him saying right after that it's funny because the psychologist jumped off the bridge after mm-hmm. or something like that. Like he killed himself after making this discovery. Right. Um, and I thought that was like a really like subtle way to give us insight into where Matt was mentally. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and I think that has a large influence into why he like cried after. Cause yeah. he also didn't feel heard cause yeah. he ended up giving in that moment as opposed to he needed to feel heard in that time. Mm-hmm. He didn't feel heard a number of times in this episode, which yeah. again, when you're like the audience and you know what he wants to share, it's so heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. And I do want to transition to talk about Matt and Lee. There's a lot of Matt and Lee moments I want to talk about in this episode, but let's go ahead and start 
with him not feeling heard by her. There's a number of moments we see that in the episode, but of course, in the climactic scene, he wants to share the news of his publication. He's gotten takeout. He set up two glasses of wine, and he finds out that she can't be there that night. And I'm sure for someone with depression, that feeling of rejection is so exacerbated. Yeah. I thought this was such a beautiful way to give us an insight into the depth of pain that you might feel when you're struggling with a disease like this. Do you guys agree with sort of my take on that? For sure. And it was so subtly done because, mm-hmm. like, he was masking it so well. And as an actor, I think that's so hard to do to play that sort of conflicting emotion. Mm. But he was like, oh, it's fine. It's no big deal. You can make it up to me tomorrow. But, like, oh, you could just tell looking at him, mm-hmm. like, his voice and his face are saying very different things. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Yeah, I have so many friends who are actors, and like I feel like I would recommend this show to them mm-hmm. because so often we see characters saying something but meaning something else. Mm-hmm. Like we see that all the time with Lee, and that's so challenging as an actor. But it's like something in the eyes, and I mean I'm not an actor, but I just know as a writer, mm-hmm. just because you're saying something doesn't mean you mean it. Right. And so often we see that in this show. Um, D'Angelo, you mentioned the sex scene, which mm-hmm. I thought was a really beautifully done sex scene. It's funny, I I kind of rarely feel like we need sex in a movie or film. And you always hear like the director say, like, well, if it shows us something about the character, I include it. And this is one of the rare times I actually believed that like seeing this sex scene was important. Yeah. Do you guys agree with me? I agree. It actually took me right back to the scene where he's like at a party and he showed this he like shared this really elaborate lie. Mm-hmm. And um uh, someone told Leo, oh, you're in trouble. Like, that lie was too good. Yeah. And you're like, after, you know, he didn't, like, climax or whatever. I, I, you know, you don't even know if, like, he's telling the truth, right? Like, yeah. you don't know if it actually has something to do with the drugs or if it's just, like, he's not mentally into it. Like, all of these things that kind of play into... Now, I thought I thought it was a good way of them bringing it back to kind of getting Lee's perspective. Because it's like, you don't know how he feels in this moment. Like, and she doesn't know what to do. Like, she feels so helpless. Um... So I liked the the how that gave us insight into the dynamic of their relationship. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I am. Um, it's so rare too in television that you see a scene where you get to see a woman experience that, mm-hmm. and you don't get to see a man experience that. So mm-hmm. like, just from like a radical perspective, I want to credit Facebook for telling that story because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen much on TV. <laughs> um, yeah, just tastefully done and yeah. like very deliberately narrative. Mm-hmm. I thought um, so. This was what I thought was such a cool moment in the episode, too. We get to see a scene that we'd already seen. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of times of me saying scene. We get to (laughs) relive a moment from the show that we'd already witnessed Mm -hmm. from Matt's perspective. And that's, of course, his night in the car when it's raining after the bar. And we get to see Lee come up. That just that's kind of one of those like chills moments as a viewer. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it tricked me again. I was like, oh, he's going to run off the road this time. I know. It's like, it's the same night. Yeah. You're stupid. Like- <laughs> yeah, I, did, I was definitely tricked. I think along with that, I just want to talk about some of like the narrative and structural choices that this episode was making. One of the things, and this is actually also going to be my most moving moment, so a little tease for you, but small things in this episode went so far. Like the choice to have the comic book publisher's voice drop out as he was pitching the good news of the publication. I just thought there's a lot of moments like that that really um, demonstrated and personified the experience of having depression. Hmm. Do you guys feel like you had any, like, structural moments or something about, like, the way the show was shot that sort of spoke to you in that way? I just, I kind of mentioned at the top of the episode, but just making the choice to have those voicemails scattered throughout um 
I thought was brilliant. And obviously, they made it look so easy, but I don't think that's probably <laughs> that easy to do. Right. Speaking of the voicemails, Taylor, before air, you were mentioning that we, yeah, bring it up. Yeah, okay. So, um, D'Angelo, I'm curious to get your perspective, too. Mm-hmm. But we don't necessarily know when some of these voicemails were sent or when they were left, mm-hmm. which leaves a sort of ambiguous question for me. But we had the um, Rite Aid Pharmacy telling him um, that his subscription was ready to be picked up and then that they would have three more days to pick it up and then finally that it was canceled. Do you think that that means that he went off his medication right before he went on the hike or do you think that those were left after he died and Rite Aid just like didn't know? I th- I took it as it, him stopping because wow. I took that because of how he sounded with his last meeting with a psychologist. Mm. He sounded a lot darker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, yeah. because that's, that's how I interpreted it mm-hmm. as well. And, and Jeff actually brought up the point. He's like, well, I think that maybe it was just left afterwards. I just hadn't considered it. Yeah. But now that it's been brought up, I think that's a really I think it's sharp, a great analysis. Yeah. yeah. And I'll just be curious to see if the show addresses it or if we were just supposed to realize as an audience or assume that he had gone off his medication. Because but, we jump back and forth a lot, too, because we right. see him taking pills quite a bit, but we don't necessarily know when he took that, you yeah. know? And I think that's... It's cool. And it. I think I, I would be frustrated if the show was, like, not written as well, but I think that it's working in this case. Yeah. Yeah. It speaks, of, it speaks about the ability for this show... I've mentioned it a couple of times, so I hope I'm not being redundant, but to not only function as, like, a mood piece, but also, like, as a really... A real dramatic show. You know, like, it's they experimental are... experimental, too, a little bit. Yeah. And just, they are putting questions and stakes in the show to make it an enjoyable viewing experience for an audience to want to watch the next episode. Yeah. So, all around, great stuff. Um, any other thoughts on this episode before we move on? I think that covered most of my thoughts. Oh, the credit card. That was the other thing I want to mention. We get oh, an explanation yeah. as to what that was. It's all these seeds that yeah, keep getting keep, paid off. answering it for us, which is great. I love I know. when you answer questions. It's so nice. That was so smart. Yeah, I, um, I want to acknowledge something. Some of these episodes have lower view counts than other ones, but this one is close to a million views, which is great. And it's because it's being shared so much because it so accurately demonstrates the experience of depression. So I kind of feel like this might be like the takeaway episode from this season. You know, every show has one of those. Mm. Um, And that would be great. You know, I feel like if there's any episode that I think really speaks to the power of this show, this is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. I could see, like, some of those clips, like, going viral, too. Like, I know, like, when I watched The Fosters and stuff, they had really, really powerful moments that, like, really spoke to something super relevant. Mm. And so I feel like maybe these clips will be shared and then people will get interested and, like, hopefully want to watch all of them. Like, that's my hope, at least. Because sometimes, like, something just has to go viral right. for the, to, like, really get a huge audience. And I think that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, the line that I thought was just such a beautiful summation of depression was when he said the disease isn't dangerous because it tells me lies the disease is dangerous because it tells me the truth yeah it's like damn yeah that was that was it right there um speaking of damn moments (laughs) not my strongest transition as a host (laughs) i do want to talk about our most moving moments from the episode taylor let's start with you and then bounce to d um, okay, so I have two, because they're on very different sides well, of the spectrum. So we talked kind of about both of them, but I thought that the line that he's scared he's not going to reach 
like he's not going to feel happy even after he reaches success. I thought that was just so crushing and like we talked about earlier, just summarized everything so well. And then my like happy moment was uh, it went downhill a little bit, but when he got the initial call mm. that they wanted or the initial email that they wanted him to come in mm. and um, talk more about his comic book, I was like, because he, he was so happy in that moment, like, you yeah. could tell that he genuinely felt really, really excited, and I loved that. Yeah. Yeah, I think overall, man, he did his thing in this episode. Yeah. I think we've all talked about Elizabeth Olsen a lot, and he deserves a lot of credit for how, for now, which kind of the anchor episode, that he kind of showed out in this in this opportunity for You're right, him. he had to show up this yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is demanding. And yeah. I would say the most moving moments are that, that last con- his last conversation with a psychologist, I thought, was a really great take on uh, what depression may feel like. I don't know, but like I can understand that. Um, and I think even the scene where he got the he got the job from the comic um the comic guy i love how he portrayed his face like in that moment he's supposed to be ecstatic and you saw he just felt kind of distraught i'm not sure even what he was thinking but i thought those were two of the more moving moments for me yeah i think connected to that scene i mentioned it briefly but the choice to have the um publisher's voice drop out because i think the ability to receive good news is almost impossible when you're struggling so profoundly with depression Mm -hmm. which is really powerful i also think that it was maybe because he said you just have to like nail those last few pages and i think that is even like so overwhelming it just feels like so much pressure and it's just like magnified Mm -hmm. by the fact that he does have this disease and so like even though you're getting so much good news like the thing that's like you're gonna have to work on is what sticks in your mind after yeah. that. Yeah. I think it, it's important to acknowledge that anxiety and depression are close cousins. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that anxiety that you feel when you find out small things like that is really profound. Yeah. Um, so, I have quick, quick news and gossip. <laughs> after Buzz <laughs> TV news. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there it is. And that's the fact that we have a guest next episode, oh. which will be happening in about 10 minutes. But Facebook got back to us today and let us know that we're going to have Carmen Cusack on the show. And she plays, I think the character's name is Sabrina. And it is their stepmom. Yeah. So she'll be on next episode to give us some insight into production and what it was like to film that party scene. And she's also a very, very accomplished musical theater actress. She is. Tony I'm nominated. Nerding out. I'm so excited. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Taylor's our resident Broadway geek. So um, Taylor like knew immediately who this was. So we're very very excited. Like, no way! Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So she'll be on next episode. So if you're tuning into our podcast for the first time, if you're watching live right now, stay right there. If you're watching after the fact, click on our next after show to see our amazing interview. I know it's gonna be good with Carmen Cusack. And with that, let's get into some predictions, guys. Boom. And now your After Buzz TV predictions. Well, I guess this is sort of pointless. For episode six. <laughs> I, I can like, tell you okay. exactly what's going to happen in the next episode. Anything that was teased in this episode, in episode five, uh-huh. that we want to see a little more of? Ooh, let me think. I can hop in while you guys yeah. think. Mm-hmm. I think, um, like, Danny dating, I think, sounds really interesting. I think, mm-hmm. like, the insight we got from Danny about the fact that he was, like, coddled by his mom and has unrealistic expectations for women. I'm starting to think more and more that he might date Lee. And I'm becoming more and more okay with it. As I'm, because I think there's something logical to the fact that the person who knew your husband the best would be the person you'd feel affection for. Mm-hmm. So it'll be, I don't know. I think watching Danny date, whoever it is, will be interesting. Yeah. Um, I am wondering if we'll ever hear more about the comic book, just because it's come mm. up a lot of times. Like maybe they'll somehow like publish it 
I don't know. I just posthumously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that could be cool though. Like if it was maybe like they think that that's what he wanted because he did talk about sort of in the meeting with his therapist about how he did want the world to see it. It was just kind of hard for him to say that. So I don't know. I think it would be. It would be a nice little full circle moment if they did decide to do something like that. Great point. Yeah, I mean, they've already foreshadowed this a little bit for after the next episode, but I can't wait to hear about the mom. Yeah. Um, that's another, like, person who's probably dealing with a significant amount of trauma. She lost her son. Uh, so I can't wait to, like, kind of see what they do with that. Great point. Mm-hmm. Well, we will get to see what they do with that <laughs> because the show is continuing to release episodes. They mm-hmm. release six, but they're dropping two every Tuesday. Guys, our coverage, if you're not watching live right now, will happen live on Thursdays between 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. So our first show goes up at 3. Our second show goes up at 4. And if you're interested in joining us, we do have a live chat. So you can hop in and kind of give us your thoughts. Um, and again, we don't just cover this show. We cover literally every show. So check out our YouTube, our iTunes podcasts, all of that. Until next time, though, guys, my name is Jeff Graham. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm really loving this show. And I have some friends here, too. Including sure Taylor do. Gates. Hey guys, um, you can follow me on Twitter at alphaba underscore Anne, on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. I'm also on the Law and Order SVU after show every Thursday at eight o'clock. And I'm D'Angelo. You can hit me up on Twitter at D'Angelo TV or on Instagram at D'Angelo every Wednesday around nine p.m. We're doing a TV pilot review show, and you can see me in like ten minutes when we review the show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, we'll see you guys very soon. Bye. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.